Hey, husband. Yes, wife. Why did the cookie go to the hospital? Because he felt crummy. Wow. I'm wife. And I'm husband. And we're joined with yet another special guest this time. Special guest, who are you? Hello, everybody. My name is Shane, and uh, I am the CCG director for Jasco Games. Awesome. That's pretty exciting. That's like the most formal one I think we've had in a while. (laughs) That's true. That's okay. And we have seemingly uncovered a lot of Jasco Games people, and not intentionally. But you guys well, seem to be everywhere. Yeah, well, um, I actually live with uh, Luke. Um, you may know him as uh, uh, Seth Gray, I believe. I actually live in the uh, same house as him because he actually got a job offer from Jessica Games. So, right. Uh, yeah, we, we have we have two players in the house who play the World of Warcraft TCG. Awesome. That's yeah, awesome. We, we did have him on, well, now we a while ago when we were first trying to reach out to the Reddit group and the Discord group, and he was a a major player there. So Mm -hmm. we're bringing you on mostly because of the recent event in Texas. But before we even get that far, tell us a little bit about yourself. You already mentioned that you're working at Jasco Games, but how did you get started in gaming? How did you get into the WoW TCG? Okay. Well, I started playing card games in 1999. I started with the Pokemon uh, uh, game. And uh, there was a card shop by my house. Um, it was like uh, two miles away from my house, and then I started to play every single card game. I played Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, uh, I played Magic, I played Battle Spirits, Kaijudo, Yu Yu Hakusho, Fullmetal Alchemist, The Spoils, pretty much any card game that came out, uh, I played it. Um, but the game that got that got me hooked the most was uh, the, uh, the Universal Fighting System card game. Um, so that kind of launched me into the career where I'm at now. Uh, yeah, but I've been, I've been playing card games for about 20 years now, and, um, what got me into the World of Warcraft TCG, um, you may know him on, uh, the WoW TCG boards as, a uh, Renoir2005. Yep. Uh, he actually, he used to work for Jasco Games as well, and there was a, we went to a convention, I believe it was Origins 2016, and, uh, we were working the booth for, like, four days. And then one of the days, uh, I went back to the hotel, and he was teaching James Stevens how to play the World of Warcraft TCG. Uh, James Stevens is a is a, um, a UFS player, and he actually got second place at the World Championships just like three weeks ago. Um, but uh, yeah, he was teaching James how to play the WoW TCG, and and I kind of was like, okay, teach me how to play. So he gave me a Murloc deck. Yes. And, uh, Seems like a good place to start. Yeah. That was my first deck, yeah. So it was an aggro deck, and you know, I picked up the game, and I, I liked a lot of things about the game. Uh, just to backtrack, uh, I, I grew up playing a lot of card games, like every single card game that came out between '99 and like 2008, I played. Uh, the only game that I never had fun playing with was uh, Magic: The Gathering. That was the only <laughs> game I had no fun playing. See, uh, but the my WoW friend. TCG. What was that? I said, "You're my friend." <laughs> yeah, we have a uh, unfortunate history with magic. We'll put it that way. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Well, I can 
I, I, I can go on and on and on about how I don't like magic, but I don't want to. <laughs> I'd rather focus on the Positive. positives of the WoW TCG. Right. So one thing I, the absolute best thing that I liked about the WoW TCG is that you don't have lands. Rather, anything in your hand can become a resource. And I feel that the most skill-based thing of the WoW TCG is knowing what to resource. Because once you put it down as a resource, you're not going to get it back. Like, there's cards where you can play stuff from your resource row, but they're not really, like, tournament viable. But, like, whatever you choose as a resource is gone forever. And, and, that, and that's one thing I like about the game, because it's like, you don't have, like, dead cards in your deck. or you, Like, you don't have, like, a fourth of your deck dedicated to cards you need to play the game. It's like everything in your hand can become a resource. So that was the number one thing I liked about the WoW TCG. Uh, the second thing I liked was the combat step. I really like how basically in the combat step you have a bunch of actions that you can take and you don't have to like do stuff all at once. Like for example, in Magic you gotta like swing with, with, with everybody, like all your creatures at once. Right. Whereas in the WoW TCG, I can start my turn with like four allies. Okay, I can I draw my card for my turn. Uh, let's see, I will... Um, I will choose to attack with this ally. All right, now I'm going to play a resource. Now I'm going to solve the quest. Now I'm going to attack with this ally. Okay, now I'll play this ability. Now I'll attack with this ally. Then I'll I'll uh, do this this ongoing ability I have. Like you have options. It's a lot more tactical. And that was uh, another thing that I really enjoyed about the WoW TCG. Uh, the third thing that I really liked was the quest system. I really like how you have these resource cards that you play down as a resource, and then during the game, you can solve them for like a bonus or like an advantage. So I really liked how that was built um, into the game as well. Just a lot of things about the WoW PCG I did like. So I have to thank, um, I have to thank, uh, you know, especially Nathan. Uh, you know, he's the guy who got me into the game. Uh, actually, what really sealed the deal is that at at the Origins um, in, in a dealer hall, the final day I believe it was, he actually came up to me. Uh, and, th and this was after he taught me how to play. He huh. came up to me with two Merc Deep champion decks. And he's like, hey, I bought these for you. And I was like, oh, okay. So this guy, <laughs> he, he went out of his way to purchase decks for me to play. I was like, okay, I guess I'm playing this game now. Awesome. And then ever since then, ever since then, you know, I, I went on like CCG Castle. I started ordering some decks. I think my the, the first deck was a Murloc deck I had. And then uh, I got Grand Crusader. Uh, I, I wanted to start with Core because I really like... Uh, I really like uh, how core was. Like, it seems fast-paced, but like the game is only fast if you want to play fast. Like, there, there's still slow decks that you can play. But I got Grand Crusader, then I got a Night Elf deck, and then he showed me like a raid deck, this healer raid deck. So then I built that, and then I built a Mage raid deck. Uh, I built the the Aggregator deck. Um, Everybody's got to do it uh, at least once. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, basically, yeah, he's um, you know. He's the guy who taught me how to play, and uh, two years later, um, I went to that tournament, and then I had success. Yeah, so speaking of success, you actually have a kind of a storied history in yeah. UFS. The uh, the tournament, I don't want to say report because it wasn't really, I guess it was a report that was posted on Reddit by Renoir, mm -hmm. went into a little bit about your background, and well, like I said, you have kind of a laundry list of accomplishments on the UFS side, and now you have... Oh. A WoW TCG title to add to it. Yes. So tell us a little bit about how you prepared for this particular WoW event. Like, were you really putting in a lot of effort into it, or was it because you had mentioned you're in Vegas, but this is in Texas, so I'm not sure geographically how far away that trip was for you. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, so um, so how the tournament came to be, I was talking with Renoir, and he's he's like, I told him that yeah, it's kind of it's kind of upsetting that I joined the game after it died. Like I joined three years later, so I never really got to go to any tournaments. So he was like, okay, uh, I will go ahead and create a tournament for you that you can come down to and play in. Um, so we actually had a UFS Pro Tour circuit that weekend on Saturday and Sunday. So we scheduled the tournament on Friday so I could fly out on Friday. I could play in the tournament and then I could be the head judge for the UFS tournament awesome. on the week. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. So, um, we, we ended up getting, we had like 10 players, I believe there were some heavy hitters too. Like, uh, I know Joe Ramirez is like a, he's like a two time champion at some, I'm not sure of the wow, uh, what, what like the regionals were, were called, but I know the he has some champs, like, yeah. under his belt. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah so he's we had, like, actually a pretty a big name. I do recognize that one <laughs> when I saw it yeah. on the list. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, he actually played my most like favorite deck now, uh, but that can come later. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, so he, we, we all went to this tournament, and uh, I actually flew out there. It was like a two-hour plane flight, and um, I didn't really have any practice <laughs> okay. for the tournament. Um, Luke... Uh, the guy who, who moved to uh, Vegas to join Jasu Games, he he played me in four games of Classic. So I played some Classic games. He played a Mage deck. I played, like, the Shaman Spider Solitaire deck. Okay. Um, so those were the only, like, practice games I had leading up to this event. <laughs> so literally um, nothing for the format you were playing. Yeah, no, awesome. I didn't yeah. get to practice at all. Now, I did have a phone call with Nathan and he, we, it was like an hour long phone call and we went over some cards that I would see in the game. Like he's like, okay, if you play against like the death Knights, you're going to see like uh, these cards, like you're going to see blood parasite, you're going to see uh, the despair of winter. Uh, you know, if you play against the night elves, this is, this is what you're going to see. So, so I actually took notes. I had a list of all the classes and all the cards I needed to watch out for. Cause the deck that I played, I played a warlock deck. And one of the reasons why I wanted to play it was because, uh, the monster ally Commander Ulfok, where yeah. you can name a card, search their deck. So I thought that was a very skill-based card. So it's like, I need to know my opponent's deck in order to get full value out of this card. Exactly. So the hour-long phone call actually did help a lot. Uh, I just never got to put the notes into play until I actually got to the tournament and played my first round. Which, by the way, I lost my first game. <laughs> uh, first round, I played against the Death Knight, and I lost my first game against that. And I was like, oh. Okay. <laughs> well, then you have something to prove. You have to come back for it. Exactly. It makes you, oh, yeah, it makes right, you yeah. angry. So tell us a little bit about the deck, because as you mentioned, Commander Ulfok is a favorite of ours. So yes. there are a couple other unique things in here, and I don't think a lot of our listeners typically think about core. A lot of our focus, even for us, has been on classic in general. But because that's the only well, thing that we see. But anymore. this this event has really shed some light on the fact that maybe everybody's first impressions of Core, which let's be real, the the very first initial outlay of Core did not go over very well. well that, it was that, and also everybody was a little salty at that point in time. Yeah. Like every everybody was there. There was some bad feeling going around, not like majorly bad feeling, but enough to make Core the Scary but this thing. list, as you were saying, Shane, proves that there you don't have to be at your opponent's throat all game from the outset in order to play the game. And there are definitely some other lists that did well in this event that are more on the controlling end or at least mid-range. So tell us a little bit about some of the, the card choices. Did you end up putting this 
100% together by yourself, or was another joint effort? So uh, first, let me talk about how um, I felt about core, like the format. Sure. Um, because I didn't, I didn't get to experience like 2012, 2013. Uh, I didn't get to experience all of that. Um, but going on wildcards. Um, wildcards.info, I think. Uh, I got to look at all of the deck lists, and it, yeah, it seemed like most of it was aggro. Like you look at the North American Continental Championship, it was a, it was a bunch of like fast decks, um, you know, just trying to, to, to like win as fast as possible. But uh, the last tournament was the Asia Pacific Continental Championship. So uh, from what I understand, uh, the Asian players have always played like off the wall kind of stuff. They never yeah. really played the meta, from what I understand. Um, so the deck that actually won the Asia Pacific Continental Championship was a Warlock deck. And I looked at that deck, and I didn't really understand it at first, but then I actually proxied it together, and I played it, and I'm like, oh, this is a control deck. Okay, so um, one of the things I liked about the deck is there weren't many four copies of cards. Like, cards that... Because from what I understand in WoW, I look at the old decks, like Grand Crusader and like the, the Blue Hunter. It was a lot of 4x copies of cards. Right. The thing I liked about the Warlock control deck is that it was a lot of 3x, 2x, and even some 1x cards as well. So coming from a game like UFS, uh, UFS teaches you to play pretty much every option that you can in your main deck in order to fight as many, as many matchups as possible. Because in UFS, there's hundreds of decks in the game. Uh, other card games, there's like 5 to 7 decks that you can play in a meta. But in UFS, there's literally hundreds of decks that you can play. So... You gotta be prepared that, that, for anything in that case. <laughs> right. Yep. And and the sideboard in UFS is only eight cards, Ooh. and you have like a, a sixty plus card deck. So the game teaches you to play a lot of your answers in your main deck. So that's the game. UFS is the game I've been kind of like the most successful at. So I wanted to bring a UFS style deck into a game where I felt like most of the players valued like four X copy. Like I need this to be like I need my deck to do the same thing every single time. Right. So I wanted to bring a control style deck. So I looked at the first place list, and it was the Warlock deck, and uh, I really, I really liked it. Um, so, but I made, I made a couple changes to my play style, and also that tournament was before Reign of Fire. So cards like Void Brute weren't out, and I really like Void Brute because he can like stop stealth. Um, so I, I switched a couple cards in the deck, but for the most part, it's like ninety five percent his deck, okay. the guy who uh, played. The guy who won the, uh, the Asia Pacific Continental Championship. So that's where I got the deck. Um, as I said, there was a bunch of uh, fast decks that were like um, that were on the wildcards.info, uh, but I wanted a control deck, and that that the one the one deck that I saw, the Warlock deck, was the most controlly kind of deck I could find. Yeah, it definitely seems to be the case. And looking at it, there there are a few things. That obviously, the the one of stood out to me specifically Doom Commander Zakul. Did he happen to make a big splash for you? I'm really curious about that guy. So Doom Commander Zakul is a card that I felt like I feel like you don't need this card to win, especially in the deck that that I was playing. Now uh, the other decks like you know there's some uh, uh, what is it uh, the Harmonized deck, the Druid Harmonized deck. Of course you want to play Doom Commander in that because you know you play the one thing where tokens have ferocity and stuff like that. But in this deck it's more of a control style deck where like for example how's the best way i can say this so in games where you draw one card per turn and play like a resource per turn you usually have a method where you play one card that gets rid of two of your opponents and then you play like a one-for-one -one game and you just 
And here's where the internet dies. So when we last left our heroes, uh, Shane was explaining Doom Commander Zakul, and I think you were talking about you get a two-for-one and then try and grind your opponent out, I think was where oh, you yeah. were going with it. Yeah, so so um, in the deck, I only chose to play one Doom Commander Zakul because this is a card that my deck doesn't really like need to win because uh, in games where you just draw one card per turn and play resource per turn, you usually play one card to get rid of two of your opponents, and then you play like a one-for-one -one game and you just maintain advantage there. So... Um, Doom Commander is a cool, he's a powerful ally, but he's, like, you don't need him to win. Uh, I actually won most of my games by the, uh, the abilities that I played, like Boundless Hellfire, um, um, and the, uh, like, Demonic Torrent, and, uh, like, uh, what is it, the, um, the one Betrayal, uh, ability. Legacy like of Betrayal? These, yeah, like, these abilities were the reason why, why I, I was winning games. It wasn't because of Doom Commander, like, Doom Commander is just... A guy, like, he's nice to have, but you don't, like, necessarily need him to win. And also, one of the reasons why I only play one Doom Commander cool is because I play one copy of Shroud of, of uh... That was going to be the next one. Good segue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shroud of the Nethermancer is a card where I can just search out my one copy of Doom Commander if I need it. Right. So, yeah, like, I see a lot of decks playing, like, three copies or four copies of Doom Commander cool. And, uh, like, the harmonized decks play it, of course, because, you know, tokens have ferocity and he makes tokens. Right. Um, so that's just kind of what that deck does. But my deck is, like, not really an aggro deck. Like, I don't need to spawn token copies. I can just, uh, like, I can just play a control game, and then if he comes up, then then it's just a blowout. Like, I, I, can, right. I can just win using him there. So he's not crucial to the deck, but he is a powerful ally, but, like, you don't need him to win. Like, he's, he's a card where it's, like, if I see him once, then it, then it's awesome. But if I see him twice, then I'm not like I'm not too excited about it. Right. Yeah. As I was going through all the lists, including this one, I'm going down and I'm seeing Black Bank Tarantula. Okay, you're playing monster, makes sense. Bazul, well, you're a warlock, going to include him. My one of my personal favorites, Thoglos, Mandrul Thog, Pygmy Pyramid, etc., etc. And then I hit Zakul, and I'm like, wow, that card looks like a lot of fun. And that's why I wanted to yeah. make sure we made a point to draw some attention to it. But since you brought up Shroud of the Nethermancer, I've always been a fan of all three. Because there's a Priest one, there's a Warlock one, and there's a Mage one. They never yep. really saw a lot of play, so it is cool that it's getting included here. Right, yeah. Uh, I actually won my round two match. I won the first game, but then I won the second game because I played Shroud of the Nethermancer. And uh, my opponent had like three tokens. He played like the Blood Parasite. And I just used Shroud to, like, destroy all, all the tokens. Like, that had to feel super hero. bad on yeah. the other side. <laughs> yeah. But it's also nice because, like, there, like there's... I don't play too many demons, but the demons I do play, like, uh, Bazul, you know, I can search him out, play him, and just set my opponent for free life. I can search out either Void Brute or uh, the Phoblos guy for, like, for, for, for defense, like, if, if I ever need it. Um, and then, of course, I can search out the, the, uh, the uh, Doom Commander's Equal as well. Right. So it has it has it has the uses in the deck, um, but the one X that I was really proud of is Blitz. I really like that as a one X. I got so much value out of it. Uh, first round, uh, it actually won me game two or three. In uh, in second round, I I had to uh, my opponent had a Void Brood out with the health on it, and I used Blitz to kill it, so my so my allies could just swing to his hero. Uh, and then top four against the Priest Master Hero deck, he used Pacify to steal my Pygmy Pyramid, and I had to Blitz my own. Uh, 
my, my, my pyramid. <laughs> that, so. Situations that I would never have, right? you know, it's not something that I would have fathomed. <laughs> oh, every, every time I, I drew Blitz, it always came to Andy. Like, it's a card that, see, okay, so... My, my theory on, on the 1X copy, it's a card that, like, you don't necessarily need to win, but when it shows up, like, it's awesome to have. Yeah, WoW in general does offer that as an option. Like, and from yeah, the way you're describing it, UFS seems to be a very similar way where... You don't need it, but damn, it feels good. Yeah, maybe yeah. that one matchup, you run that one of, and if you see it, you just blow somebody out. Yeah, exactly. Nowhere. And, like... It's also it's good to have it in your main deck too because like if you if you have the answers in your main deck for game one, it means that you don't like immediately lose game one and have to side in your answers. It means you have a fighting chance in game one, and then you can go to your sideboard like uh, for additional copies of the card if you need it. Exactly, and as you were saying before, what one of the facets that you found intriguing about the WoW TCG is worst comes to worst, if it isn't good in this particular matchup. Well, guess what? Now it's a resource. It's not dead. Exactly, yeah. So. Oh, yeah, absolutely. There's a couple times, like, a, um, the one card I played, uh, Demonic Torrent, where your hero deals three shadow damage to each non-hero uh, and ally. That was mainly for, like, the aggro matchups. Um, but in the tournament, I really didn't play too many aggro decks, which was pretty surprising. Like, uh, first round I played against a, um, a control... It was a Death Knight control deck that played, like, the Call of Yoxeron. So, like, I didn't need... Demonic Torrent, so I'll just put it as a resource. Round two, I played against another. Uh, 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 I played against another Death Knight deck, and I didn't, really didn't need Demonic Torrent, so I used it as a resource. Um, what did I play round three? Uh, round three, I played the Night Elves. Okay, so against the Night Elves, I, I used I used Demonic Torrent once. Um, but yeah, it seems player, like it would be good in that matchup. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so um, yeah, like it's just great, like. Putting the cards in your main deck for the answers, but if you're not just not up against that match, well, I mean, it just becomes a resource, you know? Right. Yeah. Now, so would you play this deck again tomorrow if the event just happened to repeat itself tomorrow? So the issue I have with playing a deck a second time after you've already won with it is that you've already proven that you can win with the game. This is something that I learned back in 2015. Uh, I was playing in um, the UFS Pro Tour circuit. And I already won a Pro Tour circuit with this one character, and I played it again for the for a, another tournament, like a tournament after that. And I remember um, there was a friend of mine who kind of taught me a lot about the game. He's like, "Why are you playing that deck? Like you've already proven that you can win with that deck. It, it, it's nothing new. It's, it, it isn't anything more exciting for the for, for like the game. Uh, but what is exciting is if you bring another deck to the table where." You know, it's it, it, it's like it's a different deck than you played last time, and you can prove that you can win with something different. So the answer would be uh, no, I wouldn't play this deck. However, I'm going to keep the deck together, and I'm going to store it away as a deck that I, that kind of helped me uh, become who I am right now. <laughs> I like it. So variety is the spice of life, so to speak. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Uh, now I have plenty of, 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 of like the WoW decks now, especially for core. I have let me see here: one, two, three, four, five, six. I have like six or seven core decks right now. Yeah, awesome. don't talk oh. about our basement and ask how many decks we have built in the basement. Yeah, I was just reorganizing them and it took a lot longer than I had There's initially There's like at least two bookshelves of just WoW decks. You know, that's a normal thing to have in your basement. Totally Organizing normal. cards does take a long time. In fact, if you guys know uh, Tim Rivera, I'm actually sorting his entire WoW cards. Oh, like, his entire own. collection. I can't that, even... Uh, well, I wish I, you luck. We may not see you until next year, but... Um, I'm almost finished. Oh, I'm man. I'm almost finished. 
<laughs> did, I, did you I start when the game time. ended? Because it may have taken that long. No, I, I, I know like, you. Uh, I started like four weeks ago. Wow. I'm very fast at sorting. Uh, he wanted me to sort it uh, mathematically, and I have I have a, a very nice system that I use. I basically sing the alphabet like A B C D E F G. That's the first file. Then H I J K L M N O P. That's the second file. And then Q R S T U V. And the rest is the third file. So you know, I just take a stack of cards and I just sort them real fast. Like, you know, Power like a, and, and then and then from there, then like I break it down from there. It, it, it's just it it seems daunting, but uh, you know, I guess well, if you break it up like that, in my entire life. See, see, when I'm sorting cards, I end up inevitably going, oh, I remember this card, and then I stop and think about it, and I'm like, well, wait, what if I built this deck? And he's like, no, I'm, I'm doing something. i got to focus. i got to stay on task. No, that's never going to happen. Yeah. Or inevitably, I'll be sifting through them real quick, and a piece of flavor text will catch me, and then that breaks the entire concentration. And then he has to go look something up and make sure that that was actually correct. Yeah. That's our sorting process. So I like yours better. If you ever want a vacation out on the East Coast um, and you want a paid vacation, let me know. So, I'll keep it in mind. So we have um, these very few short either-or questions for you okay. um, that sure. we'll just use as a segue. But sure. are you prepared? Uh, sure. All right. <laughs> Alliance or Horde? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, is there like a neutral? Um, monster. I mean, there are neutrals, but they're all monsters. The good ones are monsters. Okay, so here's here's the deal. I've never actually played the uh, the World of Warcraft game, like the video game. I've never mm. played it. Okay. Have you so, at least played like Warcraft Two, Warcraft Three? <laughs> I have. I've never played any World of Warcraft game mm. except for. The TCG, which I just started, like, two years ago, and I played, like, two games of Hearthstone. <laughs> All right. Um, but from what I understand, okay, I know Alliance is blue, and I know Horde is red. Uh, um, I, from what I understand, Alliance doesn't necessarily mean good guys. Yes. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah, the, the goal for Blizzard, and they, they sometimes do better or worse, depending on the storyline, but it's supposed to be Shades of Grey all across. I see. Okay. Uh, so it's kind of you got Alliance, which think the Fellowship plus werewolves, and then you got the Horde, where it's all your classic Tolkien usual bad guy races, and then right, like else. the orcs and the goblins. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like going through cards, I can see that Alliance is like humans, and uh, you know, like the wolves and stuff like that, and then uh, Horde is like trolls, the orcs, the goblins. Uh, I can see that. Um, geez, Horde or Alliance. I think uh, I think I'd have to stick with the monsters. Yes. <laughs> See, good answer. I'd have, I'd have to stick with the nature, you know. Yeah. I I mean, Ulthok is there, so I'm okay with that. <laughs> All, right. Uh, okay. All right. What's next? Constructed or limited? Uh, I'm a big fan of constructed. One of the reasons why I like CCGs is because it's like a customizable version of chess. Like you have chess, and it's like the same thing over and over and over again. But with CCGs, it's kind of the same thing. Like, it's chess, but you get to choose your pieces. Yes. Um, so I prefer constructed, I would say. Nice. All right. Combo, control, or aggro? So I'm a player where, where I can play um, I can play any, any kind of uh, deck type. I have the most fun playing control, and I have the least fun playing aggro. 
so if I had to pick, I would pick control, then combo, then aggro. I actually really like combo decks. I just get upset when they don't go off. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I can yeah. sympathize with that. Yeah. Um, all right. And then the ultimate question. Oh, boy. Darkwing Duck or Batman? Uh, Darkwing Duck. Yes! Good answer. You are like the first one. Nope. And, no, not, not the first one. But we have had a string people. of Batmans for a while. Not and, enough people oh, yeah. know who Darkwing Duck is, and that just hurts my soul. Well, growing up, I was never a big fan of, like, comic books or superheroes, which is really weird because where I played cards, it was at a comic book shop. But I just never got into comic books. Uh, but I definitely know Darkwing Duck. And yeah. my last name is Duckworth, so, you know. It's gotta, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's gotta happen. So, uh, at this point, I think we'll probably start closing up shop. But sure. we wanted to give you the opportunity. Is there any any plugs you want to make, any shout-outs you want to give, either for the event or anything else coming up? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, uh, well, number one, I want to give a shout-out to Nathan. Uh, you, you, know, you may know him as uh, Renoir2005. He's... Uh, He's the guy who got me into the game. He's the guy who, you know, bought me those those two champion decks, and I put them together, and I had a deck. And then from there on, it was just like, okay, I'll play this game, and I really liked it. So shout-outs to him. Uh, shout-outs to everybody who played in the tournament. Um, shout-out to Joe Ramirez for playing that Priest Master Hero deck. I, that's, like, my favorite core deck now. It's, like, the deck of the gods. Like, I, I love that deck. <laughs> I really um, want – we got to see if we can reach out to him because I want to learn more about that deck, too. Yeah. <laughs> He was one of the guys who's like, hey, can I can I use proxies? And at first we were like, well, proxies, you know, let's like not try to do that. But then, but then we ended up doing it because more people could play right. if we allowed proxies. And I'm actually glad we did because he was able to um, he was able to like play that deck, and it was a sweet deck. And uh, he through through our match in top four, I was able to learn more about him, learn more about the deck, and he he introduced that deck um, into my life, and that's like my favorite core deck right now because it's just awesome you play like Medita Prophet and you just put big master heroes out as allies and it's just like it's a fun deck it also plays that uh crime scene alarmabot and soul warding which is like and it's like an, an infinite protector that can't die yeah that the entire idea it my eyes got wider and wider as i'm reading the deck list and i got more and more excited because for a while i've been trying to get medieval to work in classic mostly mm-hmm. to zero success so it gives yeah. me an excuse to want to play core because I would love to play this deck. Oh yeah, core is awesome. And uh, and like to go back to uh, the start of the podcast, uh, I remember saying that core is fast, but it's only if you want it to be fast. Like you don't have to play the aggro decks if you don't want to. The control pieces exist. So as long as you play the control pieces, then like you can live past turn three, past turn four, and you can establish a game state where you can control the opponent because the thing about the thing about the aggro decks is like if they don't kill by turn like four or five or six and you know you play stuff like bottled spite that just wipes their entire board like i remember against the night elves i played bottled spite and i like i used one card to destroy four of his cards which is insane in a game where you only draw one card per turn it puts you at such a big advantage so like and other stuff too like the the crime scene alarm robot and the soul warding if you get that out turn three you just automatically win against like grand crusade you automatically win against uh, the, the Murloc deck, um, unless you're playing like a, a what is it like ability hate. Um, but I'm not I'm not really sure on how many people play ability hate in core. But it's a combo where it's like if you get it out, then the aggro.
aggro decks just can't beat you. So, like, and then I remember looking at the, uh, the Asia Pacific Continental Championship decks, uh, the person who got second, they played a mage deck, because they played the, the Mage Warrior combo Monster Hero, yeah. and uh, they, they played Child of Tortola, which is like a two-drop, it's a protector, so it's like, yeah, you, like, drop this out, it's like, you have defense, you know? Like, so, defensive control pieces exist, and you can use them to extend the game longer, you just have to play them. Uh, one of the one of the items that was used most in the tournament was the last Relic of Argus, where when you solve yeah. a quest, you gain three health. Yeah. That, that was played in, like, three of the ten decks, I think. I played against two of them. I played against one round one and played against one in the top four. And the last that item is a card that you can use to extend the game further into, like, turn five, turn six, turn seven, because you just heal back the damage that you take. Um, so the whole package with that item and, a, and like, a bunch of quests... That package can fit into a lot of decks. Like there was a Death Knight using it round one. There's the there's the two priest decks in top four that were using it. Uh, I have a warlock deck now that uses it. Um, so like as I said, these pieces exist. You just play them and you won't die like turn three, turn four, um, like everybody thinks. But right. I guess a lot of that comes down to like from what I hear, games were best of one, which is like pretty awful. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we, we actually played best of three at the tournament. Yeah, there were. It was an unfortunate experimental time, I want to say. Uh, I'm sure you at some point played Verse 1.0, uh, and my understanding of that game is that they did eventually do this, and that's where they got the idea for Best of One at the time in the early yeah. mid 2000s. It was just, it was soul crushing in a way. Oh sure, I can um, imagine. Like there isn't anything worse than like you know, getting in top cuts and then losing just because, yeah. you you know, you lost a die roll or whatever, and then they just drew, drew the nuts. Yeah, right and up. it was also, like, you'd get thrown into it, and someone might have something weird to you, like, you prepped yourself for playing something, and you only have one game to realize this is nothing like where I thought it was going to go. Yeah, and some, some linear-type strategies could very easily throw you off. And you ruin an event for you very without a whole lot of say in it. But, but it proves based on this event that with a couple a changes, tweaking, yeah. With a little tweaking, it looks like it would be a great time. And now yep. I'm gonna play core. Yeah. Which I, is not I, a word I ever phrase I ever thought I would say. Well to be fair, by the time we had kind of written it off in our career, it was this had been all these sets and these decks came after that. Yeah. So it was the timing was a little off for us, but it it was awesome that this happened. Was there anyone else or anything else that you wanted to plug real quick? Well, yeah, there's one thing I want to say. Uh, um, I, I talked about the die roll. Uh, in this tournament, all the rounds I played, I did not win a single die roll. I lost all of my die rolls. That's wow. the worst. Yeah, but I was still able to like. I lost my die roll game one, or, or the first round. I lost game one, but then I, I won the next two games. Round two, I lost a die roll, but I won 2-0. Then round three, I lost a die roll, and he won one, I won one, then he won one. And then uh, top four, I lost the die roll. And then uh, finals, I lost the die roll as well. <laughs> so, like, so in the best of three, you know, like, the issue I have with the die roll is that, like, if the die roll mattered, then, like, two O's would not happen. Yeah. Uh, but, but, like, um... It's hard to say that the die roll does not matter when you have a best of one game. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It definitely um, definitely does. Uh, 
Uh, anything else you want to plug? Let's see. Uh, well, I just want to say that I had a lot of fun playing the WoW TCG. Uh, there was there was something about the game that just kind of resonated with me. Um, I'm not exactly sure what it is, but as far as like, I don't. I usually don't have a lot of fun playing games where you just draw one card and play one one resource a turn. I think they're pretty slow and boring, but something with the WoW TCG was pretty exciting. Uh, I haven't quite put my finger on it, but I definitely like how the game plays. I like the elements of the game, and uh, yeah, I just had an overall fun time. Uh, I actually talked to the guys um, in Texas, and I'm like, hey, I have a spicy deck that I want to play. Are you guys down for another core tournament? Awesome. So we are talking about it. Um, I'm not sure when it will be, but maybe we can get some more people coming out to it. That would be great. I, I love seeing any and all events that are happening. Which, Speaking of which, are you going to be making an appearance at Gen Con? So, I will be at Gen Con, I will be at the Jasco Games booth all four days. So, I will not be in the gaming hall. Okay. Um, so, yeah, if you're at Gen Con, yeah, stop by the Jasco Games booth and say hi. I'll be, I'll be there. Yeah, we definitely want to stop by. Uh, as we mentioned at the top of the show, we have had a couple other Jasco people on the show. So, mm-hmm. definitely want to put faces to names and voices. Yeah, so, because and everyone should stop by the Jasco Games booth because hopefully everyone's going to Gen Con, or at least in my mind, everyone should be going to Gen Con and playing WoW and other fun things. Yeah, I've actually talked to uh, a couple other players in the WoW community, and a couple of them are going to Gen Con, so I think I'll bring, like, a deck or two. I'll I'll bring, like, a a couple core decks and a couple classic decks or something. Because I have, have, like, I started getting classic decks together because I've been sorting Tim's collection. Right. Uh, so I, I have a good amount of cla- I may have as many classic decks as I have core decks actually right now. Well um, we will we will have extra classic decks with us. However few we say we're going to pack this year, we always end up with at least four apiece. Cool. Yeah. And if you have some core decks pretend yeah. that we won't, but oh. we always do. It's good to be prepared. Better too yeah. much than not enough, I guess. <laughs> sure, yeah. Absolutely. But in any case, we don't want to keep you all night. We appreciate you coming on. Thank you, Shane. And hopefully no we'll get you back on at another point, maybe for another tournament report or recap yeah, sure. with another yeah, victory if, under your belt. I mean, if there's anybody hosting tournaments, yeah, just like, ooh, uh, you know, I, I'd be down to um, at least support the tournament in some way that I can, whether it be like flying out and playing or, you know, offering up a prize or something like that. I'm, I'm not really sure what, what I can do. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'd be happy to play in, in, in more tournaments, whether they're core or classic, uh, or, or just, you know, see the, uh, the top results, because I really like seeing top eight deck lists. Uh, I'm a real big fan of deck lists, because uh, I like to see the variety in the game. Yeah, it definitely helps a lot, and from picking up, we've just gotten started with Light Seekers and a few other games, and I've always found that when you're first starting out, it's not necessarily an issue with net decking, not that I have a problem with it in general, although I know that's a common consensus across games, that it's just, it helps for a starting point of, okay, this is what a coherent strategy looks like. This is what a a coherent deck list looks like for this particular thing. And it helps people get indoctrinated (laughs) and and learn what's going on. Absolutely. I'm actually actually in favor of copying decks off of the internet. Um, The thing is, though, like, once it's, once you build it, Different players are going to have different play styles, so there's always something that is going to be changed um, inside of the deck. Like, for example, I took the guy's deck from the, 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 uh, the Asia-Pacific Continental Championship, and I made my own tweaks to it, just because 
there were cards that fit my play style better. Like, I didn't want to play three copies of this pet. I just wanted to play one copy of this pet, and I wanted to play some Void Brutes. Um, but, like, if there's a deck that's online, it's it, it's actually pretty healthy because you can bring it to your local scene and, like, hey, guys, if you can't beat this deck, then, you know, we, we're not going to have any chance. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I, so yeah, I absolutely think it's, it, it is healthy to... Um, to like find decks on the internet and like either proxy them up and test them out or, or just see the cards in the deck. See, see what kind of cards are being played. And if you have answers to those cards or, you know, things like that. Answers or ideas. All of those are beautiful things. And the internet it's is the greatest resource. It's definitely a thing that I've done in games over the years. Stand on the shoulders of other giants. Yep. <laughs> yep. Those, those, the greats copy or downright steal. But, um, <laughs> yes, that is a yeah. So, but thank you again for uh, taking some time out of your night to speak with all of us, and hopefully no we will hear you uh, hear from you soon with another tournament report, and we will catch you at Gen Con. That'd be great. Yeah, uh, if, I, I'm on the uh, the WoW TCG uh, the chat room, uh, the Discord. Uh-huh. I'm on there. Uh, I'm also on the the Reddit, but I I just made my Reddit account like two weeks ago. Um, so I haven't really posted too much, but it's fine. Reddit uh, is a dark and scary, confusing place. <laughs> yeah, so um, I, I am pretty active. I post, I post quite a bit um, in the Discord. Uh, so yeah, if you ever want to like send me a message or ask me anything, you can find me in the Discord or you can find me on Facebook. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Have a wonderful night, sir. No problem. Thank you very much. So for all other things, random thoughts, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play and SoundCloud. At our website, randomsthoughts.wordpress.com, you can now find us on Facebook under the tag of randomsthoughts. Or find us on Twitter, at randthoughtpod. That's at R-A-N-D thought pod. And please feel free to reach out to us on Gmail at randomsthoughtspodcast at gmail.com. Hope to hear from you soon.